Hello everyone, welcome to the Above Any Stories series. My name is Gemma Patterson and I'm the Global Ambassador for the Above Any. The story series is a range of our whiskies that celebrate tales about the men and women who make our whiskies. In this episode specifically, we're going to talk about the edge of Burnhead Wood. So we're going to visit our archives in Dufton, we're going to take you to our floor maltings where we'll speak to our head maltman, and then we're going to end up with a tasting with our previous distillery manager, Ian Miller. But right now, I'm actually in the archives with Dave Stewart, who looks after our archives for us. Hello, Dave. Hello, pleased to see you. Good to see you too. Yes. So Dave, you were one of the key people behind the edge of Burnhead Wood. Okay. At that time, I was running the estate and uh, I was asked by Ian Miller, could he find some nice heather for a trial? Mm-hmm. Which I did. It's because I knew from running the estate, but I once went up a hill past the water supplies to, through the trees at the edge of Burnhead Wood, you come on to Heather Hill. And that's what we did. You've got probably a perfect mental map of the whole estate, but you've pulled out quite a few different maps for us to look at today. Mm-hmm. So just for anyone listening, we should explain a wee bit about the Heather Trials. Okay. The Heather Trials, right back in the early 2000s, this was a project that you were involved in. Mm-hmm right from the start and it was our facility manager Ian Miller who is a big character an entrepreneurial guy a man of big ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he'd just taken over as facility manager a lot at the of time, industry right? knowledge yeah yeah so Ian was keen to start a little bit of experimentation around the point of distillation mm-hmm. yeah no I'm not Ian at all industry knowledge for his time working in the whiskey industry so it was good and then he relied on your expertise and knowledge of the estate. Yes, but uh, what he could get materials like, was it possible like, which we knew it was like. Huh? Well, so we're going to take a wee drive up this afternoon, aren't we? And then we're going to walk up We're going to go up, to up, the, up into here. The edge of here. That's where you crop the heather. Yep. Maybe easier to see on some of this ones. Dave's pulled out an ordnance survey map as well. Mm-hmm. You can actually see it's... It's a good climb. Yeah, yeah. we see the road coming up and the path continues up here, mm-hmm. joins this truck and goes over over the hill. Well, I'm wondering if we should go and take a wee spin up to the woods. Okay. And have a look, follow your footsteps from the Heather Trials back in 2000. Yeah, okay. That's what we'll do. Let's do it. Fine. Thank you, Dave, so much for showing us these. Yeah, you're welcome. Shall we go for a wonder? Okay, I'm going to change. Keep a wee bit warmer. Yeah. It's going to be cold where we're going. So Dave and I are in the car. We've just crossed over from the archives next to the Bovaney Distillery and we're driving up the hill towards Burnhead Wood itself. That's right, we can see Burnhead Wood in front of us here and the water supply. Convoles are over to our left, really. We're kind of surrounded by lovely wee rolling hills right now and a nice view of Dufton. You can see the entire town from up here. Okay, so we're entering another field. This is a barley this, this, field. This is the barley field, yeah. 
This is the barley field. We're driving right through the middle of the barley fields. Is this the Berry Lees? This is it. This is it. So we actually harvest the barley here from the Berry Lees every single year and produce a batch of home malt. We've done that for the last few years, haven't we? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. From a single field. And the light is beautiful right now. So it's, what, 20 past three? That's where we're needing. Just approaching golden hour. So although there's no barley in the fields, it's all being cropped. It's quite golden. Sorry, Dave, you're saying that's where we're going? Yes. Up the top there? Yeah. can just see a tree line in front of Greenfield. We're headed towards. But there's no gates to get us. Yeah. There's no gates. We'll just have to jump the fence. Uh, I think we're going for a longer walk. I mean, we should just pause for a second and have a look at this view. Yeah, it's absolutely look, incredible. Okay, I'm going to go for a wonder. Afraid so. <laughs> you jog up? Once upon a time. <laughs> so, we're headed towards the tree line. We're headed towards the wood and the edge of the wood. And this was the spot that you specifically identified as the best spot to go and crop heather. Yeah. I knew once we got up past the trees, you come out into open heather hill. Yeah. And there was nice heather growing there. And tell us a wee bit about the heather, if you've got your breath. Yeah. Heather grows in open hills and acidic soil. It's what turns all the hills in Scotland purple in August. Yeah. Looks fantastic. Yeah, anyone who's visited Scotland in August will know that. Beautiful purple rolling hills. You know, we spent some time recording in the warehouse with George and Eric. Oh I. And it was absolutely bitter in the warehouse. Cold. We're wizards are always cold because the, uh, the temperature's meant to stay much the same all the time and that's, that's the whole idea. Yeah. Well we're really coming into the woods now. We've come off of the green field. The ground's yep. a lot softer and mossier up here. <laughs> Watch where you stand. Anyway, this gate is where we're heading for, and then that's us out onto the hill. Thanks, Dave. That'll be okay, there's nothing here. So, this is us. This is so us this onto is the, the Gowney path. path, yes. Gowney path. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln Dufton to Aberlour, we've got an ancient footpath. We've been well known to William Grant for certain. Once upon a time, I bet you would have had smugglers and bootleggers running across this path. <laughs> I suppose so. Uh, that's this, that's this. Out onto the edge of Burnhead Wood here now, and we're onto Heather Hill. And this is where we, we selected Heather from along here. The landscape's completely different. Yes, I just. A few so now, sporadic, virtually native pines, I would say. Yeah. And this is... Native pines and a whole field of heather, but the heather's all kind of lovely browns and soft, soft yeah, greens, it's, mossy colour. It's a winter colour, like, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. 
so you just cropped a couple of sacks full of heather. Yeah, we just. You've brought your um, secateurs with you, so we can take yeah, some we... back with us today. Yeah, it's got a nice sort of herbal smell. Smell? Yeah. Yeah, it's natural, no. Herbal, it's... earthy. Yeah, that's right. So you took it back down. You took it back down in bags. Bag, bagged it up, yeah, keep it clean. Bagged it up and let it, let it dry for a while. Took it down to the maltins, like I, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I would have used it like that, like just fresh, like. That's what I thought that's what they were doing, like. So I thought Ian was in a hurry to get it. And so our spring water has fed this heather. Yes. Over the yes. years. Rain, water, snow, ice melt. Yeah. It's just slowly trickling down through this vegetation, peat through the gravel there, and then springs up here and fissures in the rocks. Yeah. Where it escapes out. That's where we've licked up several of them. So if anyone's listening to this, and they're sipping a dram of the edge of Burnhead Wood. Well, we're here on that's, the edge of Burnhead right. Wood holding some of the heather in your hand, Dave. It's pretty incredible to think that the water's run from these hills and affected the flavour of that whiskey yeah. in the glass and also this heather dried in the kiln. Yep. So we're going to head back down and we're going to speak to Robbie. Mm -hmm. He's going to tell us what happened what, next what, what after next you we handed have, like. the heather over to him in yep. the Maltings. Thank you so much for taking us up here. You're welcome. No, it's, it's fascinating. Okay, shall we head back? We'll head back down to Maltings. Let's go. Well, for everyone listening, I'm here back at the Bovini distillery after our adventure with Dave going up to Burnhead Wood. And I'm with Robbie Gormley, who's our Heat Malty. Heat Malty. <laughs> How do you spell it? M A T T Y. Heat Malty. Heat Malty. But I don't have your lovely accent. <laughs> I've got a different type of Scottish accent. Uh, well, shall we go in and have a look? Yes, sorry. See what's on the floor. Guess we should explain for everyone listening. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, the floor maltins here, it's two steeps right at the end and you typically drop the steep down onto the floor and the maximum number of batches you can have on the floor There's here is three. three. So right. we've got three batches, three full batches on the floor germinating at the moment. Just good. Well, we're here to talk about the Heather Childs. Right. So obviously we have this new whiskey that we're going to be releasing um, in a couple of months time called the Edge of Burnhead Wood. And you were really a crucial part of that whiskey, Robbie. Mm -hmm. I didn't realise it was 19 years ago since we did it. Yeah. God, far as a time ago. 20, almost 20 years and ago. At that time when you were doing it, you never thought anything about it. So we were burning pizza. But we're changing it to Heather, okay then. Mm -hmm. And then forgotten about mm. Well, tell us, so we were just with Dave up at Burnhead Wood and he um, showed us the exact spot where he went up and cropped the Heather. And then he said he brought it back down and he handed it over to you. Tell us what happened next. He came down with well, these big bags the, of heather. Oh, uh, and the back of a bogey was sit outside. What's a bogey? A farm cart. A farm cart. <laughs> <laughs> so he came down on the back of his bogey. It, it was all piled up, so it was a bit of green. We thought so, flick it inside and dry mm -hmm. it off a bit. Which apparently was the wrong thing to do. Because when we threw it into fire, it just went poof. Should we go down and look at the fire? I don't know, I could do that. So here we are, we went to the kill fire. 
Tut mir durch. Now, as you can see the glow there. Yep. You can imagine that right to the very front, glowing hot coals. Mm. And we've, Dave, Dave's to come down with his bogey load of hay there. Yeah. And we dried it off after a week or so. So, okay, let's try this. And we'll throw it on the fire. And it starts dry, it's like, poof, gone. The whole thing. The different, we've up gone up in, up in smoke, up in flames. There's Into cinders. nothing left. Right. So, that, well, this is making it work. To get the benefit of the heather, we'll like to try something else. So that we'll dump in the heather down, yeah. and that'll stop it from flaring up. So we did that, and then with the fire with red hot coals there, we put a layer of black coal on top. Okay. And then the heather on top of the black coals. Yep. So then we'll get the smoke through the heather. Well, so, okay, so you brought you brought the heather in, you dampened it, you put it on top of a layer of dark coals. You had your red hot coals, uh, dark coals, then the heather, and then, then what happened? What did you notice? That wasn't was that was not really a big difference. I've got a lot more smoke in it because of the heather. Mm. But like blue, as if, as if, aye. But it was mere that than it was a difference in the smell. Because mm. you couldn't really smell much of a difference. Okay. Well, the peat, you could smell the peat but with the heather on it. Yeah. That, well, is it doing anything? Mm -hmm. Can you, you couldn't have noticed it straight away. Well, we couldn't have noticed it anyway. No, we're so, honestly, so privileged to have you be able to come in and talk to us and tell us. That's okay. Share your story Privilege about what happened. <laughs> With the stories the last few years, it's been really inspirational for everyone at Balveni to think about, you know, you've really inspired, the work that you, you did back then has really inspired new generation of the team here to think a bit creatively and think, okay, what can we do for the future? Mm -hmm. So it'll be exciting to see what happens there. Ah, right, good, good. Yeah. Fine to be remembered, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here we go. So we're upstairs in the malt loft now, where we have a few heaps of barley just waiting to be malted. So I would reckon there's 250 tonne of barley there. You can tell by just looking at it, 250 tonnes roughly. Roughly, yeah. You can tell how far down it is in the loft. Right. and how high it does, which is good to see, because when I first started here, sometimes it would go right down, right down and put mulling. <laughs> it was in, in here at the time, used to, oh, Robbie, I didn't like this. That new barley come in, they'll close the doors. Oh, <laughs> you're, no. You're a bit panicky, like, oh, it's not a good sign, they'll close the doors. And the same with the water, from the water, it was low. Right. Yeah, so it's a good sign. Yeah, 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 it's a good sign. Putting things together. Mm -hmm. And I come up with a wee story. <laughs> what was the story? Well, it's just about them running dry water. So if you've got no water, or no cleric, so there's nothing in the still house. So I kind of wrote it all down in a wee verse or two. You sent me it? I sent you it, uh, but you never got back. I wasn't sure if you got it or no. <laughs> I did get it. Shall I read it? Okay then. Okay, uh, we're going to take a look at Robbie's song that he wrote <coughs> about the cleric, and you wrote it to. Hunks, no. Hank Snow. To the tune of It Don't Hurt Anymore. Okay, so for anyone tuning in and listening, they can listen to It Don't Hurt Anymore by Hank Snow. That's right, uh, And imagine these words. Do you know it by heart? More or less. It don't hurt anymore All the stills have run dry Is that right? Yep. <laughs> no more turning the floors With a cleric inside we used, we used to, to get, get a wee, wee drum, drum, but not anymore. 
Now the water's all gone. And there's no cleric no more. No use in denying. I, I wanted, wanted to, to cry. The, the day they said it was true. I just, I just can't, can't get, get it out, out of my, my mind. mind. I can't, can't believe it, can, can you? you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping somehow they can't reopen the door. And, and the, the cleric will flow through the still house once more. There's no cleric no more. All the safes have run dry. No more turning the floor with the cleric inside. We, we used, used to get, get a wee drum, but not anymore. And, and it's, it's a sad day, day now. There's, There's no, no cleric, cleric no more. more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to learn that. No. Brilliant. It's better if you shout it out the top of your voice. <laughs> what I love about the Maltons is, you know, we talk about the tradition and you've been key in maintaining these traditions and passing on the traditions from one generation to the other over the years. But actually, so much tradition and heritage here, but a lot of experimentation as well. So that's as something well, that these heather trials and with the oak chips. So I don't know if it, uh, I thought of that long ago, all guys were thinking, oh, you shouldn't have been interfering. And because mm. I probably like, this is why it's Dean's tradition. You start interfering, like you'll change it. And so I'm like, if it, they would think, well, this experiments that we're doing. <laughs> like, so. But it's good to see that they're doing these as well. Okay, let's go up and see what's right, in see this what's kiln, in the kiln right now. The kiln's been dried anyway, that's why the fire's, you've only got half a fire down the stairs, so the kiln's ready for stripping and night shift tonight. Yeah. You'll hoover it out. Let's have a wee look at this barley. I mean, you can hear it, feel it, it's very dry. Aye. That's it. Should, should be doing below Fully 6%. Fully malted, ready to make whiskey. That's what, ready, aye. You hoover it tonight. It's nice and warm. Let's go to the visitor centre. We're going to go and speak to Ian Miller. Is he still after here, this. is he? Yep, Ian's come down today. He's going to come and chat to us in the still house. So, to the Baveni still house, and we're here now with Ian Miller, who was our former distillery manager. Hi, Ian. Good morning. Hello, good morning. How are you? I'm in good health, thank you. Good. When was the last time you were up here at Balveni? I was up here just a couple of weeks ago. Can't get away. Well, it's Eric nice and I see. were talking about uh, when we actually started all the trials uh, back in 2000. So we, yeah. I was in my mid-40s and now in my mid-60s. <laughs> so time moves on. And then 15, 20, 20 years later, it all catches up with you and suddenly it's being bottled. And it's, it's nice to be at the beginning and at the end. Yeah, it must be quite surprising now to to actually see these whiskies from these trials that you had been so involved in. Well, actually, and not just so involved in, these trials were driven by you when you were distillery manager here. We got away with murder back in 2000 <laughs> at a point where yield was king. Yield was a very sensitive number. Uh, and any trials you did to the above any maltings, you got low yielding barley, yep. and that always impacted on your, your annual figures. But it was great fun doing it. So those trials were probably 
I guess the weaker of feet all tumbled out of the initial trials we did back in 2000. Uh, but being able to take stuff off the estate from both the, the heather and the barley point of view and using estate water. I mean. Well, I guess to paint a picture for everyone listening at home, now we've got six spirit stills that are in front of us and we've got five wash stills which are just next door which we can't see at the moment and then the spirit safes in the middle where all of the spirit flowing from the stills are going to run through into receivers behind. When we had Burnhead Woods, is there a point where you sampled the spirit? Were you here right in the beginning to try some of the first spirit that was produced? Well, so I, I, when we nosed the, the new make spirit, it was, it was, it, what was good was it was different and it wasn't annoyingly poor. There was no bitter flavours in there. So we were chuffed the bits that the outcome was clean uh, and it was completely different to what we normally did. Yep. Well, I have a surprise for you actually. You're going to be outside of David and Kelsey, the first person to have a nose of cast number one that was filled from the Heather Childs. Cast one. Yeah, I've brought it for you. Here you go. Here's a glass, sir. This is from cast so, number one. George Patterson, he went and pulled us the very first cast that was filled with the Heather Childs back in August 2000. What's the strength? 57.7. There you go. So, American oat, obviously. American oat. Well, here's to here's, Robbie. Here's to you and, and Robbie team. and Dave. Oh my God, uh, I'll be a small one, Slange. Slange. Wow. That's actually very pleasant just mm -hmm. as it comes. You need to allow it to mix with the, in your mouth and soften it down. Not really peaty on the nose, but no. clearly we were using our, our, own, our own peat here anyway. But there's a, a a little edge of sulfury hit on the nose. Mm. But because it's been in uh, American oak for so long, that, that sweetness has tended to temper it down a little, softened it down. Mm. So you're picking up a lot of the, the honey sweetness, which is very typical of a Balvenie. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, there's nothing negative in there at all. I'm not sure what strength we're going to bottle it at, probably around 48, 48, yeah. 7. Yeah. Uh, available in the UK, I hope. Yep, it'll definitely be available in the UK. So this will be available in quite a few countries across the world. Right. We already talked to you before, so I guess people listening, they can listen to the recording that we did about the week of peat and hear all about how you drove those peat trials back in the early 2000s as well. But it was a learning from that, so we imposed some of the learnings uh, that we got onto this. But contained within the peat, you could actually see, it didn't matter where you were, Isla, mainland Scotland, there were rootlets of heather which had survived, but clearly they were different from the roots of the heather that had been freshly cropped. So we took all the roots off because we were a bit concerned that contained within the rootlets would be sap, bitter sap, that would then pass over. What type of sap? Well, bitter sap. Oh, bitter sap. Contained yeah. within the rootlets that would then drive a bitter flavour into the, right. the barley. So we cut all the rootlets off. So really, it was about the head of blossom and the head of flower, yep. uh, and, and that was that was to ensure that one we got the heather, and two we didn't get any, any negative impact from, from the roots themselves. Right. But we also dried it for a while, yep. because we were concerned that uh, just purely cut heather would also have a lot of sap in it. So we we dried the heather for a while, but a couple of months. So the heather would have been cut probably. Yeah, Robbie told us all about how when he threw the heather in at first it went whoosh up in flames because it had been dry. So dry. 
so we had to sort of dampen it again and place it within the coals. But the header, um, the header charge we did was just, it, it was outrageous that we got away with it, but we were delighted we did. Um, for me, it has huge potential to really say something about Balvenie mm. and, and the estate. So interesting. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by the Stillman coming up now. There's a lot of the team across the site that started at the Maltons and started with Robbie before he retired. Robbie would break them in before they'd go out and work across the distillery. Well, I can remember when Robbie was a, um, a younger member of the team because we had two or three people in there that were very close to retirement age. Uh, but they were very good. Uh, anytime you went into mm. things with customers, they would pick up the shovels and, and toss the barley. But always, always happy to talk to customers, engage with them, just great fun down here. So you could relax down here uh, because it's just a different way of life. You sort of have to change your mindset when you come into Balvenie. It's almost like things, things happen at a slower pace here. It's a slower pace, it's calm, it's peaceful. Uh, mm. They're happy, they're happy to see you. Um, yeah, Balvenie is a very attractive place to come and visit. If they do get a visit, uh, they'll enjoy it. Yeah. And if they do get a visit, who knows, they may be able to taste some of this stuff that we haven't enjoyed, the joy of tasting right now. I'm sure, yeah, anyone who visits us this year will get the chance to try Burnhead Woods. I think we should keep cast number one for, for me and my friends. <laughs> See what we can do, Ian. No, I can't see that. Cheers. Any well, thank you, Ian, for coming and sharing your stories. And You're welcome. One of the first jams with us. Success. Cheers. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been really quite an adventure following this story, starting in the archives with Dave, taking a wander up to Burnhead Woods, checking out the kiln with Robbie, and now obviously finishing here with Ian in the still house where the very spirit came through the stills back in 2000. If you want to listen to any more of our stories, we have a few more for you. So join us next time. Cheers. <laughs>